0: Probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. Projection. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is...
1: Katie Mello. Hello.
0: Hey, so thanks for coming back for what is arguably the climax of the movie. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So uh, today we're talking about Minute 99, which begins with uh, that Blair monster, that giant mouth roaring still at us, and then uh, ends a minute later with the the outpost burning down, so we're out, we're winding down here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at uh, the beginning of this minute, we're we're still on that same shot from the last minute, where we're zooming in on the Blair monster as it makes that like horrific, loud roaring noise, and so then we start to get kind of a closer look at the Blair monster. So after we get that shot of its face, we kind of cut. They cut down to what uh, presumably is just a little ways down, like the chest level of it. <laughs> and we get this gross, like <laughs> nasty looking hole that like opens up on its side. So gross. <laughs> Very nasty. Um and the whole thing is just like covered in KY or ooze or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I think I read somewhere that uh that when um oh, I can't remember his name, something Vance, uh the guy that played Norris, when he mm-hmm. went into the studio to get his Rob Botin studio to get the body mold made for his effect. He said Mm -hmm. the first thing that struck him is that there were just buckets and buckets and buckets of Vaseline. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe this is where that all went.
1: You just made me think of uh, the, so PA's production assistants Mm -hmm. on a set kind of have to do the dirty work. And I just remember there was this one day and some poor PA had to go to Fred Meyer, which is our local, you know, Grocery store and buy all their KY and all their I believe it was Q-tips or something and that was all and, just go <laughs> and I just remember him being like oh I just felt weird
0: that that's an awkward buy for sure yeah <laughs> I um it's funny we we have a, a I've had a similar situation as the sound guy on set where. Um, we've had to make some PAs go and buy um, Magnum condoms because oh, yeah, <laughs> condoms yeah. you use them to cover the microphones of the mic pack so they don't get wet. <laughs> and and it was so funny because the, the other sang I was working with, he told the PA, he was like, I know you're going to think this is a joke, but you really do need to get like the extra large size condoms. <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: we use a lot of dental dams, which is just this oh, really yeah. random. And it's like, um, there's these squares of late, flat latex and I guess they're for, the uh, I won't get into it, uh, but it's a very funny thing that, Sometimes PAs have to go by at yeah. special stores.
0: <laughs> so if anybody's listening is looking to uh, break into the film industry, these are some great examples of the fun stuff you get to do as a PA.
1: There you
0: go. Lots of awkward uh, drugstore and, uh, and grocery store shopping for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this gross kind of uh, opening uh, pops open on the side of the Blair monster. And then what pops out but a little, uh, little gross looking dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is super awesome looking. He's uh, so
1: good.
0: So uh, this would probably be a good point to bring up the fact that um, supposedly there are 63 techs controlling the Blair monster in these 63? shots.
1: 63?
0: Yes. That's, that's. I think some
1: people got paid. I don't think we're there anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that too. <laughs> I would have guessed, like, I know it's a very complicated puppet and there's a lot going on. Like, there's lots uh... of arms and appendages. But 63 sounds uh, a little extreme to me. I'm not sure, sure about that.
1: It wasn't someone who was six foot three.
0: <laughs> it was just one six foot three tech.
1: One <laughs> really tall guy.
0: <laughs> um
1: 63? Yeah. I don't even understand. There's not that much space. Yeah,
0: I know. I was trying to count. I mean, and, and maybe some of the, I know some of these are probably like hydraulic effects, some of the arms. That must be how
1: many people were involved making it. That would make more
0: sense. Yeah. That
1: would make more sense.
0: That would make a lot even more even
1: 63 sense. is a lot. Yeah. Because you have the sculptor and the mold maker and the caster and the painter and then the puppeteers. But I don't know. 63 is a lot.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's like, <laughs> maybe he, maybe maybe the person on the, on the special feature said like six or three or
1: something. <laughs> uh, I could put that six, three. There, there a bunch.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I was trying to kind of count it up and I could see, you know, Blair's got, uh, Blair's got a couple arms. So that's, you know, maybe a, a person or two doing those arms. <laughs> and then, you know, the Blair, his face, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's hard to tell if anything on his face moves besides the mouth, but you know, maybe there's a guy like moving I feel
1: like just the mouth that could be, you know, those like little bath toys, like the shark that goes, you just, yeah. pull a, you just pull a thing. It just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can't be more big complicated big than that. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but I do, what I do know for sure is um, Rob Bottin himself is the one puppeteering this dog that we're seeing, nice. pop out, which is pretty cool. That's um, awesome. So he's inside that Blair monster and, i i I'm curious you know because there 's the head and there 's two arms, and all mm. three of those things are moving, so mm. uh I like to think that Botine has got his head stuck up in that dog's head, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and that he this is actually Botine moving around basically in a ah. dog costume <laughs> uh i'm sure it was much more uh uh professional than that, but that 's what I like to think um.
1: <laughs> The thing I love about working in stamo and I think puppets are very similar is it's not terribly more professional than that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's the behind the scenes is probably much uh, goofier than what we're imagining.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I love how like it's sort of sealed and then it just pushes open. It's so gross. Like it's, it's so wonderful that it's, that's closed and then it opens in such a great way.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very much like a birth kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And yeah, looking at it even, uh, it's funny. I was Going back frame by frame and thinking that that hole was kind of already there and it just opens, but it really looks closed. It really does look yeah, like it bursts. You can through go it. over.
1: You can do all the cuts and then go over it with a with a layer of latex, and then you know, if you do all if you do it right, then the latex makes it look clear. But then you just push through it and rip through it. and it yeah. looks really good.
0: Yeah, which is, is probably the same idea as what they did with the uh, with Norris's chest. I'm imagining.
1: Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah,
0: that thin layer. But yeah, it's cool because even here on top of it, just kind of bursting through the way that that hole opens up, it reminds me kind of the alien egg too, where it kind of like flowers mm. open too. It's just kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, And there's like all this gross, like meaty looking bloody stuff on it <laughs> that sort of falls off as it starts to move around.
1: Um, again, there's like the blue and the red lighting that just really, if if you saw that in daytime lighting, you'd be like, Bip. yeah." But the lighting is so important. It makes it look so good.
0: Yeah. It's like if, if you know, if anybody listening is like a big, uh haunted house fan. If you've ever walked through a haunted house when the lights are all turned on.
1: yeah, oh, yeah.
0: It's like, you know, the experience is totally ruined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. The lighting and then just, you know, lighting and the fact that it's just a fantastic effect. Like it's a, it's a super well-created puppet and like, you know, it's definitely a dog, but it's definitely not a dog.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, that's so great. It's it's recognizable as something, so you can kind of believe it. It's not so far out that you can't even wrap your mind around it, so you can say, "Ooh, that's some sort of like dog, but it's not." And then that Makes your brain just. Yeah.
0: It's like that whole uncanny valley thing.
1: Mm -hmm, Um, Exactly.
0: Like the Bennings thing is like a perfect example of that too, where it's like, it's a person, but it's something's not quite right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. in that case, the hand is stretched and just the way his face moves around is kind of weird. And yeah, here it's definitely a dog, but there's definitely something very, very wrong with this dog. (laughs) Um,
1: So when you see his face and you see his mouth. So, okay. So what does this, the thing look like in its natural state? is that closer to its natural state or is it looking into these guys minds and seeing what is scary and trying to be scary
0: that's a good question yeah or like why why does the dog happen at all really
1: yeah why is he coming back
0: yeah and it, yeah and it makes me wonder too the other thing is like you know we we don't really know how the, how the things like consciousness works but this mm-hmm. makes me think that it's maybe some kind of like hive mind thing because we're led to believe that all this all the dog stuff that happened with the thing was killed that it was mm-hmm. destroyed and that the oh yeah and that the only way that the thing continued was because of the the double face body that infects bennings later mm-hmm. um so this makes me think that either the dog escaped a dog escaped and maybe that's mm-hmm. that might even be how blair got infected out in the shack or oh. that um that it just you know that other part of the thing is still kind of like you know its mind is connected it still has the memory of the dog even though you know, that was a different part of it that got destroyed with the dog or something, you know, I'm not nice. sure how that works. I love it. But yeah, it's interesting. Cause I never thought about that before. I'm just like, Oh yeah. Dog. Like we've seen the dog before. Like, you know, it's just another part of it.
1: Yeah. But um, yeah, he, they burned all that up. So maybe that shouldn't be. Hmm. Yeah. Love it.
0: And it's, it's worth mentioning that um, in the storyboards, uh, this guy named Mike Plug, who was a, a comic artist who did a lot, he worked with Rob Botin and created a lot of the designs for this stuff. His his designs for this is are so much more disgusting. Like this is super creepy and gross. <laughs> in his version, like um, Gary and Nalls are like still alive and attached to it.
1: Uh, that feels is... like more. I don't super remember, but in the prequel, it feels like people are more there. Yeah. And more alive.
0: Yeah, that definitely happens a lot more in the prequel, for sure. Which is like, I get it. Like, that's a really unsettling thing, for sure. Yeah, kind of sad. Yeah, it's also really depressing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's very much like the whole, like, um, you know, the Alien franchise has done it a couple times where, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody's like half infected or they've got the, they know that there's an alien inside of them. The whole, like, you know, kill me. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: that's sad. You don't want that. You don't want to feel sad.
0: Yeah, so... Luckily, you know, thank God Knolls is just hiding behind a crate. We don't have to worry about that. But, <laughs> I, uh...
1: That's fine. He's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the whole the whole thing there was much grosser with Knolls with and Gary. They're like, torsos are sticking out of it. And, uh... the, and they're like, you know, trying to escape somehow still. Even well, that it. would
1: make sense because they're only newly transformed. So yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Because they kind of like... Um, like that, you know, with Fuchs's death, that kind of makes you think that he was able to burn himself before he got infected. Presumably, like that's mm-hmm. kind of what we guess happened. Um, that makes you think that like, you know, that it takes a while for it to absorb mm-hmm. stuff. Um and mm-hmm. obviously like with the dogs, like that was not like a, a two second process. Like, you know, it had the mm-hmm. tentacles that shot out and all that stuff. So yeah, it is uh, you know, maybe maybe the uh gnaws and and um Gary are just are somewhere underneath, still attached to one of those tentacles uh, and, or something. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but certainly in the like, Blair has changed a lot in the last like sixty seconds <laughs> since we saw him.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of wish that shot of um of Blair dragging Gary's by the face he, that he already had like a tentacle leg at that point. But
1: yeah, because you were saying, uh, yeah, what if it was only his upper body and that was just a fraction of what he was? And and what dragged under the wooden platform and wrecked all that up? Like, I feel like there's much more to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. They kind of hint that it's much bigger than what we see, that this is just like the Blair end of it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, which is it's kind of cool to think about, for sure, that it's much larger and that it's kind of... that. And that's the way the script kind of has dealt with it, that it's like this creature that's almost like inhabiting the entire outpost and that they're just seeing like different parts of it as they run through just kind of okay i
1: i was going to save this for next minute but so so what makes anyone think that he actually took care of it with its explosion
0: yeah that's definitely up for debate um yeah at the at the end of this minute there's supposed to be something that that says that it's dead but uh i don't i don't know that i buy it i mean it's a big it's a big ass explosion i'll give him that yeah um but uh yeah, if if McCready was able to get out of the way fast enough, yeah, then yeah. I I don't know why the thing couldn't have also done the same thing, especially given yeah. that yeah, it's it's got tentacles all over the place.
1: Yeah, if it's big and has tentacles, it's totally one of those tentacles is totally fine.
0: Yeah, I mean I I, I almost think of it like a like a starfish kind of thing where maybe one of the tentacles mm-hmm. broke off and started slithering uh, through the snow. Totally. <laughs> So yep. So anybody, I hope we've got some screenwriters listening who are like, ah, "I'm rebooting the thing franchise. We're bringing it back." Absolutely.
1: Actually, I don't know if well, I, do,
0: I don't know if I wish that, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just there's no way there's no way that there's not something left at the uh, the Swedes camp the Norwegian <laughs> camp and there's no way they got everything. Yeah, there's something left there.
0: Given the kind of haphazard and primitive way that they kind of yeah. take it out. It's definitely up for debate, I think. Um, well, and then
1: okay, so there's the spaceship. Did anyone ever go in? I just want to see a whole entire movie where they just walk around inside that spaceship.
0: The one that the, that they found in the ice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: totally. I know. And that's... aren't there
1: other guys in there? There was the one guy that survived enough to to crawl out. Or maybe there's other guys who crawled out all around. You know, maybe there's just ten other guys in the snow. Right. Or ten guys inside the, the snow ship. The, yeah. The, excuse me. The spaceship
0: yeah the other, the other people on that ship and the inside of that ship, that I remember that being one of the only things when, the first time I saw this, that really bothered me. I was like, "Oh my <laughs> God, they just discovered this like giant UFO, yeah. and they don't even go inside to like go investigate
1: it. it. <laughs> it's so, it's got to be so cool in there. Go in there.
0: Like, that's obviously not like the focus of the movie, but I definitely remember the first time seeing it being like, "What? Like we don't get to see the inside. What a chip. <laughs>
1: I do, uh, the movie Alien 2, no, excuse me, Predator 2, yeah. which was not a great movie, but they go inside his ship and it's so cool. And he's got all these skulls from like yeah. all these, like E.T. and like, all this good stuff. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, obviously that's one of those things that would have cost them a lot more money to, oh, to yeah, do, that. do that. <laughs> but, um, and in the prequel, they do go in the ship a little and it's- Do oh, they? that yeah it's really i need to see it again it's it's weird there's actually a weird story behind it too because when they go in there's this really it's a really cool effect um like everything else in that movie it's cgi but it's really interesting this like i don't know if it's supposed to be like the ship's computer or something it's all these weird like colored blocks moving around each other in the center of the Mm -hmm. ship and it's really neat looking but it's funny i didn't know until much later that they actually just did that because they're covering up this practical effect mm. that they knew they weren't going to use later. <laughs> uh. There's supposed to be an alien standing there and it, oh, like, sh- a, like a giant, like almost like the uh, elephant. Uh, what do they call it? An alien, the, um, the jockey mm. or space jockey. Oh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Almost like that. But they, uh, they knew they weren't going to use it later. And so they just covered it up with this weird effect and don't uh. explain it at all. Um, huh. But yeah, yeah, they do go in the, uh, the UFO and it actually, the UFO tries to take off in the prequel. It's so it's bizarre.
1: How do I not remember any of that? Uh. It's, You'd think I'd remember that.
0: Yeah, the movie's not that memorable. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's the problem, which that sounds really exciting. What you just said just sounds really exciting.
0: Yeah, it's kind of neat, I, but a lot of problems. I do
1: remember watching the prequel and being really confused because they the effects almost felt practical, and I had heard they were practical, and that's why I was excited. And then hearing you saying that they went over with CG, but they obviously took the existing practical effects and just sort of scribbled over the top of them.
0: Yep, that's exactly what they did.
1: Yeah, because I could really feel, and I was like, I'm confused because it would cost so much money mm-hmm. to go over the top. And why on earth would you? Because that's silly.
0: It's such and- a shame.
1: Ugh, like what? Like that's what my brain couldn't reconcile. Why? Don't, why on earth would you do that?
0: And yeah, and there's videos online. I, I wish I remembered the name of the team off the top of my head, but the practical effects that they did for it are amazing. Like, oh, well,
1: you could see it. You could see it underneath. That's why I was like, "What is happening? I feel like I'm seeing it, but someone is drawn on top of it. Why? Yeah,
0: yeah like everything you see in the movie was basically done with practical effects, but the studio just didn't. They thought it looked uh. silly, and so they covered it up. But um, luckily, those guys did go on uh, because of that bad experience. That team went on to make uh, this movie, Harbinger Down, I'm which um, down. it's not a fantastic movie overall. But uh, as you can guess, being a movie made by effects people, <laughs> is yeah. the effects are fantastic, <laughs> um, and they they basically just make a thing version. It's uh, it's basically the thing on a ship um, down nice. uh, down in the Arctic uh, where they they find like a spaceship that's crashed and. and it starts infecting people, uh, so the effects are amazing. So it's definitely worth a watch for that. Um, can right, I'm recommend gonna
1: write it. that down. I'm gonna watch that.
0: Yeah, computer. How likely is it that one of our guests may be infected with the intruder organism? One hundred percent. Great. In that case, what are our chances of survival? Projection: If guests make it to other podcasts, all of iTunes will be infected within twenty-seven thousand hours. Yikes. Well, how long can we keep this up in the meantime? Projection, without listener support, the generator will be destroyed in less than 24 hours and podcasting will be impossible. If only the radio wasn't down, we could reach the mainland and tell listeners to go to thethingminute.com and use the donate button in the bottom right of the page to help out. Projection, if listeners go to thethingminute.com and use the donate button, chances of the podcast survival goes up 75% windows keep trying we get the, the after we see that dog kind of pop out and start wriggling around in a, in a very gross fashion um <laughs> then we, we pull back and see the the blair monster in all of its glory and uh mccready then suddenly notices uh that he, he hears his uh his dynamite that's still got the fuse running so you know as if the stakes aren't pretty high already with a monster right in front of them <laughs> uh so then he does. Uh, he grabs the uh, explosive and then does this cool somersault, very action movie <laughs> style. Like, totally. It's funny because you don't really like. That's a movie magic thing where, like, I didn't get the sense that there was like this big gap in, in between where he was and where he's going. Like, I don't. Mm. I'm not sure where that like big jump uh, came from. Mm. But you know, they're like, "Oh, it'd be really cool if McCready like you know dove off and did this cool <laughs> roll."
1: I was thinking when I watched that, I was like, I would have just sort of stopped and jumped and then kept running. I was like, that's so much cooler to jump and roll. Of course it I is. You have to remember that. I mean,
0: I almost, it's almost like you think he's going to do like, you know, do a roundhouse kick before he throws.
1: The, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> throws.
0: Job. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely, it's a cool, uh, it's one of those uh, macho Kurt Russell moments for sure. Um, was
1: that him or was that
0: I'm ooh, gonna, Dick Warlock? I'm going to guess that that was Dick Warlock. I, I don't know this I for facts, so. but but sure, let's say it was Dick Warlock. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, dives down and does his little somersault, and then uh, and he sees looks at the looks at the creature one last time, and then uh, as the dog kind of roars, and then McCready gets to answer back, "Yeah, fuck you too."
1: It's <laughs> so good.
0: It's one of those lines. It's such a simple one liner. Like it's not even like a joke, really. Like it's just. Oh, it's
1: so sincere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, you know, in a, in a, in a worse movie, it would have been like some kind of dog pun or something. Like, (laughs) like I don't even know. But um, yeah, it's just such a simple, just like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, just the fact that he's like answering the the creature. Um, So yeah, fuck you too, which uh, I was not in the script. That's just something uh, I don't know. I can't can't remember if that was something Kurt Russell came up with or if, uh, you know, who came up with that on the set. But uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the iconic lines in the movie nice um, it makes
1: me think of tremors i think the original totally tremors. and he's like oh
0: you!" Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's just so cathartic at that moment where you're like ah because you're so stressed out and ah it's so good
0: totally yes i i would love to see uh there, there's probably there'd be a great supercut of like uh, all, <laughs> all the 80s movie fuck you's um,
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and that the tremors one is one of the one of the best ones for sure it's a good example yeah. Yeah, so he throws the throws the dynamite, and then I love that we get the the dog thing like looks down at it for a second, like almost (laughs) like he's questioning it or like wondering what it is, Uh, or it's almost like the the, uh, you know if this was a much cheesier movie, the dog would be like, uh oh.
1: Want want. Um, you're, you're telling me in the TV version it doesn't go want want.
0: Believe it or not, no. <laughs> <laughs> the TV version of this basically all they do is there's just a lot. You see a lot less of the Blair monster. Gosh,
1: like, there's so little of it. Yeah, I really. know
0: it's hard to believe, but yeah, they cut it down to even more. Where it's you only see it for like just kind of flashes, basically.
1: I think um, I wrote it. I think it's like 40 seconds. Like for being the big climactic monster at yeah. the end. I think it's like. Maybe 40 seconds, maybe.
0: Yeah, it (laughs) is so quick. It is interesting. We see like the Palmer thing, like with the blood test and the Norris thing with the chest. Like you see those way more and for a lot longer. Um, I feel
1: like I was I'm always like, oh, how does this end? And I can never remember. And it's like, oh, it's because and I love this movie in the grand scheme of things. The ending's kind of like,
0: <laughs> yeah. This part of it, I like the last scene it's that we, we'll quick. get to tomorrow. <laughs> the th- last
1: scene's amazing. Yeah,
0: but you're right. I, 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 I'm glad you said it before me. But, <laughs> but totally. Yeah this this monster is not the best monster in the movie for Whoa. sure. For it's, a
1: big bad, it's just kind of. Eh, and then I killed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really it's a cool, super cool design. It's
1: totally cool. Yeah, but
0: like, I, I feel like before I've seen this movie a million times and know exactly what's going to happen, I feel like when I used to watch it, I would feel like. Like there's more that's gonna happen here. Like Yeah. Well like, and he doesn't
1: die and then come back. Like the monster always come back. Right. You yeah. Like, like go like, and you poke it and it's eyes open and then especially you have this fight.
0: movie this movie, right? Yeah. Where where a head gets chopped off and then turns into another monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's like no tentacles that like shoot out and attack him. Totally. And like, um Well, yeah. that's
1: all the more reason why it hundred percent is not dead.
0: Correct. I agree. <laughs> but um but actually that that's a good uh point to bring up the unused stop motion stuff that uh that yes. would have been here uh that just didn't didn't make the cut because in that it actually does kind of make uh, some more aggressive moves towards McCready
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so i' I'll, I'll post the video of it so everybody can see if they haven't but um there's there's basically two more shots here that uh don't get used where um the dog monster that's coming out it's not just popping its head out to say hello. In the stop-motion version, <laughs> it actually like leaps out of the Blair monster and uh, and starts to kind of crawl towards MacReady, which is real nasty.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was not 100% clear on what was happening. But now that you've said that, I totally get it. It's I feel like it's framed too far back and the yes. puppet's too small. Agreed. And it's hard to see. And then it makes it feel small because, of course, the puppet would have been small, but then that doesn't mean that the camera has to be so far away. I, yeah, it's really anticlimactic and not. It's just not. I think he was right to cut that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, See, so yeah, there's two two of them here, and that one that one in particular stands out as looking really out of place. And and like obviously, mm-hmm. what we're seeing is like probably not, you know, polished it's raw footage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. But still, it just um, yeah. I think you're right. The the fact that we're so distant from it definitely takes some of the thread away. Like it's really cool looking, but it, you don't get a sense of like impending attack. Like it just sort mm-hmm. of like, it's sort of like meandering towards him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't, doesn't quite give the same effect that we get here. And then the, the other shot that uh, actually comes right before that is um, when the big tentacle came out of the floor. Uh, I think before we see the the actual puppet version, you would see this version of it kind of like reaching up and like the, the, all those weird, the three legs or arms on top are kind of like reaching towards the sky and the heads moving around and stuff um and that one looks pretty that one I could almost see working in the movie. I'm not sure. Um I
1: think he was right to choose because the live action there's just a difference in the timing. Yeah. And I I think he was right to just say, eh, all or nothing. Except for the tentacle, which is okay, but it does feel a tiny bit out of place. Uh I think he was right. I think he was right to not use it.
0: Yeah. I mean that's what they say, like John Carpenter says in the commentary, like, you know, he loves those kind of effects and stuff, but it's just yeah. it doesn't um you know, when compared, like, you know, with the tentacles, you see the tentacles and then you see McCready and then you see the puppet. So there's like this break in it. But to go mm-hmm. directly from like yeah. the Blair monster's face in stop motion to the Blair monster's face in puppet just didn't really doesn't really sell. That's a um, hard one. Yeah. So it's it's too bad because it is really cool. It looks really cool. And you get a better sense of like how it kind of is coming out of the ground and moving around and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I get I get why these these two shots are taken out you know they they we we talked about how um earlier in a couple different episodes about how part of the part of how they sell a lot of these effects is by using a lot of different effects and by cutting around them um mm-hmm. and different kinds of effects and things like that but stop motion is just uh, it's almost like a whole different genre yeah. of effect you know it's not just like you know one is a puppet and one's a animatronic like yeah. you know it's a whole different look and it's miniature and you know, yeah. so I, I get why it doesn't the the
1: lighting and the scale are so different. But yeah, it's, it's hard if you choose one and you go with one the whole time, then that's what that animal looks like, and that's okay. Right. But you've you've already established what it is, and you, yeah, you just can't go back.
0: Yeah, so it's too bad, but I'm glad that that stuff lives on. Uh, you can oh, totally. you can check it out, and it's a, and you know if anybody loves this movie, that's a an absolute must see because it is really cool. Um, and you definitely get a better idea of, like, why this dog thing is popping out in the first place, that uh, that's almost like it's it's attacking Tentacle or whatever, that it, that's what's mm. coming after McCready. So that's cool to see for sure. But what we get is basically the creature's just kind of menacing and, you know, yelling at McCready. <laughs> and then McCready yells back and, and, uh, and blows it up. So um, the last half of this minute is... All explosions all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had a minute like this last week where it's basically, we had a minute that was entirely made up of explosions when they're running down nice. the hallway. So this one, we get half a minute where uh, basically we get that one, there's one explosion that's like, I think it's composited in front of the uh, of the dog thing because you can still sort of see it behind the explosion. Uh-huh. Um, and then the rest, like we back out and you see like this huge explosion of the base and then you start to see all these little explosions, kind of close up, that they did with all these remote cameras they placed around. Um, nice. And it's cool to think that this is actually the actual set. You know, that once that they were done with so it,
1: so awesome
0: they blew it up.
1: <laughs> well, it. I really liked that the way the screen was placed. Mm-hmm. It, it's off center to the left. Yeah, and you know, with pan and scan, in especially in the eighties and VHS, you just. You only saw stuff on TV and everything was always centered. So it's so neat because that's how I watch so much stuff. It's so neat to me to go back now and I'm like, oh, it's not all in the center. I think it's so wonderful that the explosion is off center.
0: Yeah, I agree. It It gives you a better sense of the scale because you see kind of all the landscape around it too, to the Mm -hmm. side. And yeah, it's a huge explosion. Um, like they're way far I bet that was so back.
1: cool in real life. No
0: kidding! And what a great way to like. <laughs> this wasn't the last thing they filmed because I know it's after they blew it up. Then they used it as the Norwegian base, which is mm-hmm. totally awesome. That's um, so neat. But this was definitely pretty close to the end of filming, obviously, because they couldn't use any of this stuff anymore after this. So, um, yeah, so that must have been pretty satisfying to uh, after yeah. after working up in British Columbia in the freezing cold and all, yeah, you know, it was probably a pretty difficult shoot to just blow this whole thing up was probably, I think every movie ought to end with blowing the setup. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) It'd probably make production a lot more satisfying at the end.
1: (laughs) Okay. And then, oh, oh, it's blow up day. Okay. Okay. We're going to blow everything up.
0: Sweet. Everybody's (laughs) invited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this, uh, so just a whole bunch of huge explosions here. And um, yeah, so this is, I, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but as we see the very first explosion, you can also hear a scream underneath the explosion. Oh, which I did is not hear that. Interesting, because uh, it's kind of silly. Poor
1: Knolls, he was just hiding behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, this
0: is he been okay. That's Knolls we're hearing screaming. <laughs> um, it actually, it wasn't in the original cut, and um, mm. basically, this was what John Carpenter did. The studio could not convince him to change the ending, where obviously it's ambiguous and you don't know whether the thing survived or not. Because the, of the ending whole, is so great. The whole child situation which we'll get to tomorrow. But um uh so they were like uh they wanted him to have something in here that was supposed to make it at least a little bit more clear that that the thing was destroyed and that's what the screen is supposed to do. Mm. Uh supposed to satisfy them just to, uh, nope. so that they the audience would quote know that the monster was dead.
1: <laughs> mm. If it made the studio happy that's fine.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where like you, you know <laughs> Uh, Wes Craven always said he put in, uh, two or three extra gory scenes that he knew wouldn't make the movie mm-hmm. just so that the other yeah. stuff would make it.
1: <laughs> we, we call it the sore thumb. If you have something wrong with your puppet that you've made and the director is going to come and look at it, but it's something that really hard to fix, then you just mess up something that's really easy to fix. <laughs> <laughs> and then the director looks at it, mm, you know, can you fix this right here? And you go, oh. Yeah, yeah, I think I can fix that. And you're like, secretly, there's this horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good trick.
0: Work, works on all kinds of yeah. things. <laughs>
1: That's
0: funny. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting, too, that supposedly it, mixed in with the scream is a lion's roar. Which Oh,
1: didn't they do Puma or something for all the Star Wars explosions? Yeah, or something it's like Jaguar. that.
0: Yeah. And for this one, I can't remember where I read this. I wish I'd written down my... I should have kept notes on my sources. But um, uh, I, they said that they the Lion Roar was supposed to be a a nod to King Kong. Because uh, um, hmm. I guess they were... I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was John Carpenter that was a big fan. Or maybe it was uh, David Udall, the supervising sound editor, that was a big, big fan. But yeah, that was supposed to be a nod to that. A pretty, yes. pretty subtle one, I'd say. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we get big explosions and the last... Presumably the last cry of the thing. Um, and you know, somehow uh, McCready uh, jumped jumped out of there. He, there must have been a, a secret exit to that basement that we didn't know about.
1: Mm, that was a good tuck and roll.:
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the only thing I had was checking in with the uh, the script. so uh, after Knowles has uh, you know had his pretty awful, depressing end, um, McCready. Decides he's had enough and basically just starts. He gets on the tractor and starts driving it through the base, uh, and like trying to just basically drive over the thing.
1: <laughs> um, A tractor.
0: Yeah, like the, the like when they crash it in earlier to like help set the fire in the uh-huh. in the actual movie. That's basically what happens for the last like couple minutes of the movie in the script. Mm,
1: so he's that's sort of silly. It is
0: sort of silly, and <laughs> and apparently, and McCready's like like a madman it sounds like he's just basically throwing out all these one liners and he's like singing
1: uh, and uh, stuff
0: yeah so it's kind of weird i don't um uh, so i had i had some of the one liners pulled up because they're kind of ridiculous oh no oh,
1: dear.
0: Uh, he says uh okay creep just you and me now on your toes we're going to do a little remodeling uh. um <laughs> and yeah you know, when he's singing he says uh chime in if you know the words old boy uh no and then my personal favorite he says uh um I guess when he's, yeah, he's throwing Molotov cocktails. He says, you like whiskey? Come on, join me for a drink. It's good for you. It'll grow fangs on your chest.
1: Oh, I'm so glad they didn't do any of that.
0: Yes, agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But basically...
1: Oh, 80s (laughs) one-liners.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, the key to a one-liner is that there's only one of them.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, Very good. Yeah.
0: But yeah, here in the script, there's like four in succession and none of them are Ugh. even that great. So Ugh. glad that didn't, didn't make the cut, but, um, yeah, yeah, basically he's just kind of chasing it as he destroys the base with the tractor. And then, uh, then the giant Blair thing kind of like bursts through the floor and there, and it, there's like this big hole that the tractor falls in and McCready jumps out and he, um, he throws in his explosives and he throws in, um, uh hydrogen tanks which sounds a little bit uh-huh. like uh jaws, like jaws. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then uh and blows it up and jumps out uh you know jumps out of the way and survives that way so the explosion i guess is sort of similar but the the whole setup is very very different
1: hmm. um yeah uh, i like what we
0: have i agree i think it works much better <laughs> so none of the whole grow fangs on your chest stuff uh, <laughs> so um yeah, that that kind of wraps up the thing. We're we're done with the monster, guys. Movie over.
1: <laughs> Bye, monster.
0: Um yeah, so that that's all I had for uh minute ninety nine with the, the last half just uh some explosions that sort of as the minute winds down, the the fire kinda of starts to dull down and the darkness seeps back in a little bit. But um uh, yeah, do you have anything else for uh, for ninety nine?
1: I think that's it. Let's see who if poor McCready made it out of that.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait till tomorrow to find out. So um, yeah, so that'll wrap up Minute 99, but uh, you can check out moviesbyminutes.com for a whole collection of other podcasts like this one. So, um, yeah, Katie, you've actually been on uh, been on a few of those shows, right?
1: I was on Alien Minute, which is pretty great, and Aliens Minute, which are both pretty great.
0: Yeah, agree. And I'm
1: a huge fan of Star Wars Minute. That's how I got started, listening Me to these too. movies by minutes.
0: <laughs> Me too, and everybody else. I, I would guess that 99% of the people listening to this podcast <laughs> are probably big big fans of Star Wars Minute, too. I love those guys.
1: As well, uh, they should be.
0: Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, but there are dozens and dozens of movies by minute shows by now. There seems like a new one comes out every week. So uh, check out moviesbyminutes.com to uh, see if your favorite movie is on there, and uh, join join up on that. So um, as you check those other shows out, don't forget to come back to finish up ours because we're almost done. So come back tomorrow for another episode of the thing.
1: Minute. The thing minute. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash thethingminute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out.